It's Monday and you are listening to Kiss My Arts on Leitrim Daily. Each week we take a look at the creative arts across the county and feature talented people and interesting projects from around the county with you. At the end of the show, I will be going a little rogue with a short chat with Niall Morahan, the Leitrim Village soccer player who's part of the Irish Under-19 squad who last night qualified for a European Championship semi-final. We won't be making a habit of putting sport on the Arts show, but as you can probably appreciate, such an achievement is pretty exceptional. And here at Leitrim Daily, we take pride in shouting out such achievements from the rooftops, or at least from your phone or tablet. I'll shortly be talking to Leitrim's Queen of the Arts, Jackie McKenna, an accomplished artist and founder of the Leitrim Sculpture Centre in Manor Hamilton. But first, I want to remind you about our fantastic prize that you can get your hands on. It's the ultimate chance to experience Leitrim. To put your name in the hat as one of our daily winners, simply comment on our posts on Instagram, Facebook, or reply to our announcement of today's episode on Twitter. The package includes phenomenal prizes worth almost €1,000 from the Landmark Hotel and Landmark Central, the Loch Allen Hotel, Tony Lust Lodge, Our Happy Place, Electric Bike Trails, fishtracker.ie, the Casting Emporium, the Bears Cabin, Dive Atlantic, Leitrim Walks, the Shed Distillery of PJ Rigney and the Dock. Full prize details are on our website at Experience Leitrim. Let's get on with the show. I am delighted to be joined today by the first lady of Leitrim Arts, I think it's probably safe to say she's getting a bit of a laugh out of it here on the other side of the table, but Jackie McKenna, welcome to the programme. Thank you. Now people in in the arts community will know your name, they'll know your work instantly, but people who aren't involved in the arts in Leitrim might never have heard the name, but they will know your work. I'm just going to go through a list of some of the things that we're going to talk about over the next half hour or so on the show. The one that's probably the most famous locally is unfortunately no longer with us. Uh, your sculpture at the Yates grave in Drumcliff uh, of the man with the cloths of heaven uh, laid out beneath his feet. Uh, one of my favorite pieces of all time in terms of the arts. Unfortunately taken away uh, in the middle of the night one one night a few six months ago. That's right, yeah. We'll talk a little bit about that later on in the show. There's also a few other pieces in Drumshambo in just front yard of the this community school in in Balnamore. the hags with the bags probably the most visited it's on the halfpenny bridge in dublin we call it the hags and the bags but you have a proper title for it the meeting place Which i is, think yeah. same thing yeah but then of course dubs being dubs yeah. uh, they have to put a kind of a, mm. a rhyming name on it the first pilgrim at clon mcnoy's wood sculpture that you've that you're quite fond of mm-hmm and there's a famine piece at Ard Karn that you mentioned as well when we were having a chat before the show. These are all pieces that people will be so familiar with. They've all originated here in Leitrim with yourself at your own hand. Is that a bit surreal that there are pieces of, of your work dotted all over the countryside that people really value and, and cherish? Um, I, I never think about it that way. I do the stuff, I do the work and I cite it and then I forget about it. I don't really, I probably keep thinking, oh, I should have done a better job or whatever. I don't really um, value it myself. Well, I actually, I, I didn't until the, the piece in, in, um, in Trumcliff was, was stolen. And then I began to think, oh, my God, it's, the place looks so sad without it, you know. But I hadn't really thought about it very much, you know. You go on to the next project and the next project and that's... 
let's take a little look back further and, mm. and where did your love of art or where did your your attraction to the arts start when i was small i was always painting and then when i was in secondary school i used to make little figures and then i decided i would when i finished school i went on to do um, agricultural science in galway and I set up a club with um, another artist. Well, he's a, he was a student. He was a marine um, biology student. And we set up an arts club there. And we had an exhibition. And one of my lecturers came over to me, my physics lecturer, said, Jackie, he said, your, your paintings and drawings are lovely. They're wonderful. Would you not think of doing art? And I said, no, 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 that's just for you know, part-time. You know, and he said, well, you don't really come into my um, classes very often. <laughs> which I didn't. I was busy doing a lot of other stuff. And uh, he said, would you not consider doing art? So I did. And I did painting mostly, and then I went on to doing sculpture. And so at what age? This is early 20s. This, I was, I was in, yeah, early, yeah, 18, 19, early 20s, yeah. And how do you get from there to producing these kind of masterpieces? Oh, I'd say... Um, ignorance, I'd say, <laughs> a lot of the time. I, I'm driven, I, I guess, you know. So nothing is a huge challenge. In terms of, okay, that conversation happens with a lecturer in college. How do you get from there specifically to the first commission, to the first time you actually got paid for a painting or a sculpture? Um, let me think, that was the hags with the bags, actually. Uh there was a competition in Dublin and I entered it and I was one of 10 people to get the commission and um, I just did it. Do you remember what the other nine were? I do. Um, Vivian, I keep calling her Vivian Bell, Vivian Roach did a, a big bell outside St. Patrick's Cathedral. Grace Weir did a huge kind of an archway up in Stevens Green. Um, Vincent Brown did the Usher outside one of the cinemas in Dublin. And I can't remember the rest. <laughs> but some, some of them haven't <clears> had a last yeah. impact and they're all still around? They're still around, yeah. <laughs> so if you're in Dublin for a day and you're walking across the Hibbing Bridge, do you get any little bit of a kick out of that? I do because uh, I modelled one of the figures on my mother. Okay. And uh, it's the image of her. And she died about four years ago. So I still have that little... It's nicely thing to have you know it's lovely it's lovely so let's talk about Drumcliff. Mm -hmm. uh, let's go back to the genesis of the project how did that come about um i was approached by the Drumcliff um organ i don't what they were called at the time now but they they were the residence association and they asked me whether i come up with an idea and they had a budget so i came up with that idea and we i made it here in Manorhampton in in the bronze foundry and um that was it maybe for the benefit of, of the very few people who haven't been to to it before it was unfortunately stolen or part of it was stolen mm. uh, tell us a bit describe it for us okay it's a it's a it's a like it's like an installation okay so we have a big square with the poem had i the heavens by the clots um sandblasted into the stone area and then there's a figure squatting in front of a blanket, a prayer, I, I call a prayer blanket. And some of the some of the words are in that blanket as well. So and then there's a seating area and there's a little 
the poem is in Braille as well for anybody who can read Braille, you know. Um it's a it's a very tactile piece. Was a very tactile piece. No, it definitely um, was, it was top of my if I had a visitor from outside the area, I always brought them to Drumcliffe and I'd always just take a moment mm. just at it. It's my favourite poem, first of all, mm. which is probably half of the attraction, but the, the installation as you call it was just so impressive. Um and then you woke up I suppose to the news about six or eight months ago that mm. it was taken away. How how did that make you feel? I well I, I thought no, I'll get it back. I'll definitely get it back. And because I couldn't imagine anybody cutting it up, you know, a figure, hands and feet. And, you know, I just, how can you cut something like this up? But unfortunately, um, I got news that it was cut up into little pieces and brought to a, brought across the border, actually, um, and melted. It's gone. But I think the biggest thing that's bothering me or that's upsetting me is that um, I had a lad who was a student of mine here who did help me on it. He asked me, could he do a little bit of modelling on the piece? And I said, of course. Um, and uh, he was an amazing student. And he was killed in a car accident a few years after that. So that that's, you know, that feeling of that's gone now. He's, I, I could see his modelling in the feet of the piece and it's gone. Would you replace it if you were asked to? Yes, but I have to figure out what I'd replace it with. I'm not sure yet. Um, I can't model the piece again, the same as, as it was. You know, you put you put your heart and soul into a piece and that's it. You can't replicate that actual piece. So I'll have to come up with some idea that is has the same feeling about it, but it'll be different. Well, I look forward to seeing that when it, when it is done. Let's talk about some of the other pieces dotted around the county because there's, there's loads of them. So let's start at Shambo and the piece, it's just the back of the car park just at the little river and the, the new bridge and the mm. little park that's built there. What is it and what does it represent? It's um, based on the two of the Danon and Danu, the the, war, well, the queen of two of the Danon who arrived, they say, arrived on Schlievaneren um, near Drumshambo and uh, it's I suppose what I was trying to represent was something of beauty of tranquility peace um, music um, that kind of feeling in the in the in the in the park um, Nancy Woods who was on the committee and uh, who had asked me to do the piece um, insisted that it was some. It had to be something to do with two of the Denon. So that was the. In Ballinamore, in the new community school, mm. uh, there's a piece just outside the, the front of the school. It's a book. Yeah. Just <clears throat> again, can you maybe describe that for the benefit of people who might not be familiar with it. Yeah, it's a big, um, three meter book, high. It's stainless steel, and the book is open, and inside are um, trees with lighting coming at the back of it and then a poem called or, or it's not a poem it's a saying an old Irish saying or Skahakela a Waranadina which means in the shelter of each other we live and I was thinking particularly about refugees coming to Ireland and that we need to really look after each other you know we, we need to have each other's back really I suppose my own grandmother was the county librarian in Balnamore for about 40 years back 
All right. many many moons ago so that one has a quite a, a personal mm, relevance mm. to myself as well I, I, I'm a big fan of your work in case you haven't worked it out <laughs> from, from the, the conversation the other two that we, we did speak about off air beforehand was the first pilgrim at Clamac Noise obviously a hugely significant <clears throat> historical and religious site in the country mm-hmm. explain that that's a piece in Elm it's larger than life um, and I was commissioned by the OPW to do that piece and uh, I particularly like it because it's it's quite simple, and they have looked after it. And it's um, it's just on the entrance on as you're going into Clamac Noise. It has quite a presence, um, and it represents the first pilgrim who came to Clamac Noise. Now, the hands are very big on it. He's standing with one hand over on, on a stick, and the other hand is up at his head, like he's exhausted. But I remember when I was putting the piece into the ground and putting the cobblestones around it, a little woman came up to me and she said, didn't they have great big hands in those days? <laughs> so it was, you know, you always get great comments with some of the work, you know. And the final one we talked about was the famine piece in Ard Cairn. Is that something mm. Yeah, that, that was commissioned by um, Father Tonra, an amazing priest. He died a number of years back, but he was a fantastic character. And um, he put a lot of work into getting that piece of work cast. It's she's bent over, she's kneeling on her, she's on her knees, and she's her arms are as if they're cradling something, but there's nothing there. And uh, it's it's quite an emotive piece. Um, How does the whole process work in terms of if somebody has? maybe an event or a place or a person that they want to commemorate in a, a piece of work like this. How does it go from being an idea in another person's head to you standing over it, getting a comment from a little old lady? Um, you, see, you come up with the, a kind of a rough idea and then as you're making, it develops. You know, I don't have an idea. how the, I, do, I have no picture about it piece when it's finished you know, before I finish it I just work it through like for example in Ardcarn I was modelling the figure and I had to go to well, I was in Galway I think and I was t- taking the train from Galway to Dublin and I happened to be sitting beside a guy who was a lovely lovely beautiful fellow most amazing face but he was dying of AIDS and he was telling me the story about how he was going to go to Brazil and I couldn't keep my eyes off his face. It was just incredible. Um, so I went back home and modelled his face. So his face is on this woman. Um, I couldn't help it, you know, and it's quite strong and it doesn't look male or anything. It just looks quite strong. And So things like that happen. You just don't know. I keep, just, I keep things open and I don't kind of force a result on the piece. In terms of making a living from this kind of world, obviously we all heard the story of the struggling artist and mm. how realistic is it that you can make a living out of, of what you do? Uh, not realistic at all. Um, not, maybe, I don't know, maybe it's living here in the west of Ireland. Uh, maybe I could make a living if I were in Dublin. Um I know I I used to do a lot of work f- for the OPW, um, but they they want you beside them. They don't want you to. They don't have to travel to Leitrim to see your work. At National Museum as well. I used to do a lot of work for them, but um, 
no, it's not easy, you know, so you have to supplement it with other stuff. I do headstones, I do teaching, um, I do anything actually, <laughs> just to, you know. Well, I'm glad you brought up teaching because mm. we're sitting here in the Sculpture Centre mm. in Manor Hamilton, which you are one of the co-founders of. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about the Sculpture Centre and where that grew out of. That grew out of <laughs> a, a, a chance meeting with Seamus Dunbar in Dublin in 1994, the winter of 94. And I had been trying to set up a sculpture centre in Dublin, um, but I couldn't get a premises. And then I looked outside Dublin and I couldn't get premises. And then we, we were chatting one evening anyway, and I said, what about Manor Hamilton? My parents' house is empty in the main street. I'll ring them, see if if we can move down there. So I rang them that night and they said, no problem, you can have the house. And we arrived in, I think, in February, or no, it was January, actually. I had a big sculpture to, to put into um, Drum a Hair, and Shams's furniture came on the back of the truck with my sculpture, and that was it. <laughs> we started that is now McKenna's on, yeah, on Main Street. your mm. family name mm. on Main Street operates as kind of a, a smaller gallery but also as a, a B&B I believe yeah they do Airbnb and also or B&B and they also have um, places for longer term artists to come and stay as well and the sculpture centre as people would know it today it's not on Main Street anymore you've got a new premises well it's not new but it's it's yeah. a different premises too well beside McKenna's is Sheehan's and in Sheehan's, there are in individual studio spaces. There's six. And then at the back of that, there are another three individual studios. And then there's the most amazing uh, print studio run by two brilliant women, Liz Byrne and Phoebe Dick. So they run classes from there as well. Um, and then we have the main, say, where we are now with the main uh, sculpture centres on the new line. Uh, and that was an old factory. <clears throat> I can't remember now the date when we bought it, but we got funding anyway from the Arts Council to do to buy it and fix it up. And it's now home to um, a bronze factory glass workshop, which is the only one of its type in Ireland. Um, woodworking facilities, ceramics, um, metalwork, clay modelling, casting, everything. I can see your head walking around the I'm building. Just, yeah, as, I'm just as trying as to think what else we had. Yeah, yeah. So what kind of artists work out of here? How many different artists work out of here? <clears throat> there are seven working here on a permanent basis. Um, there are stone carvers, um, ceramicist, uh, jeweller, um, painter, sculptor, you know, and then, then they are here all the time. And then there are workshops at weekends, not every weekend, but number of weekends during the year and then we have residencies so we have artists coming from national local national and international artists coming all through the year doing from one month to three months uh, residencies and what will be the result of, of the residency here for example um an, an exhibition especially the three month ones so it gives artists a chance to get their work seen get it up on the walls because we have a, a beautiful gallery and then not an awful lot of people come to see the exhibitions but they it's documented and they can those artists then can have that documented and shown to other galleries so it's a great opportunity for young a lot of young people come 
tell us a little bit about some of the educational things that go on here because the place is absolutely hopping here this morning it's a sunday morning <clears throat> everybody else in the county is probably still in bed but this place is just hopping and there's people everywhere with woodworks with wicker making with some they're making walls it's it's hopping <clears throat> so that's all as a result of obviously the idea 25 years ago to, to create this space for the creative arts in North Leitrim. Yeah, um, well it started off, we, we ran a FOSS course and we were training 15 people every year in all the different disciplines and that ended um, after about seven years because we had to renovate the building here. Uh, we never got, unfortunately, we never got the scheme back again but we run workshops in, like, say, vernacular wood work um, with Nile Walsh and willow weaving um, the I think next week there's going to be metal um, welding. I'll be doing stone carving and clay modelling. Um, there'll be glass workshops, oh, the, whole, the whole bronze casting and mould making. And then we have print workshops all the time. So the place is fairly, it's, it's growing. So what's in the future for the Sculpture Centre here? You've got this hive of activity, dozens of people who would consider this their workplace and they create their their art here i see that we're we're growing and growing very very slowly because you know there isn't a huge amount of funding for the for the center but um i think the more residencies we can create the bigger the place will grow you know we if we can offer 14 15 16 residencies a year that means we have all those artists coming getting an opportunity to develop their work getting a bit of time out um, and they're paid a very small amount to do that but it gives them the opportunity to 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 do it if we can do that and then increase the amount of workshops we're doing for community groups and um, for artists alike I think we're doing well in terms of the educational opportunities there for, for children maybe for local kids in schools or even just on their own to come in and experience this where can people find out more information about that well we've we do have a schools program i mean we have we've always during the year kids are coming in doing little workshops um if somebody has an idea you know this is a community facility it's for everybody it's not for non-for-profit um, organization so if anybody has an idea to do workshops, they can come in and avail of the facilities and bring the kids in. Because we don't have paid people here to do this kind of work, so it's up to individuals themselves. And it is open to everybody. Like I know that we, we have the carers group in Manorhampton, 24-7 family carers, um, have been working in the print workshops. And it's such a, a release for them to get away from caring for just a couple of hours every week. Um, we had an exhibition in just before Christmas at, with the launch of a book that the carers organised and uh, everything was sold, which was fantastic. Um, and So more, more money went back into the carers group. And then there are different organisations who come in, uh, different schools take an interest in it. And the college in Sligo have had exhibitions here as well. What's your own favourite memories of the last 25 years in the Sculpture Centre? Oh boy, um, the I think that the the um, FOSS course that we had and the fifteen new people every year, absolutely, the place was really buzzing, and I met incredible people, absolutely. 
fantastic. And I love teaching, so um, those friendships are still very much alive. Could that be brought back? Is there any way for that it, scheme? It, it, we could if we had the space. We're actually running out of space, believe it or not. We could run a scheme here, no problem. We, well, we, we, could, we, have the, we have the technical ability and the, the skills to, to run a scheme, but we just need another space. And I'm sure there are places in the town that we could get uh, find a space to do it in, um, maybe the old courthouse or whatever. But if we had another premises in town, we could run really, 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 really good s- schemes. Well, I think it's maybe a case of watch this space and see watch what the this space has. Yes. Just if anyone's listening and they want to get more information, have you website, social media? Yes, we have. We we link to it in our social media. Yeah, yeah. We link to it on yeah. our website as well. We'll send people in the right direction. But I think if they Google uh, Leitrim Sculpture Centre, they will find the relevant places or they can contact the, the centre here as well. Jackie, thank you so much for taking up your time on a Sunday morning to come in and have a chat with us. Thank you. And the very best luck with everything that's going on here in the Sculpture Centre. Thank you. Now, I mentioned at the top of the programme about Niall Moran's achievements at reaching a semi-final at the European Under-19 Championships. Well, last night, I caught up with him after his side's 2-1 victory over the Czech Republic that sends them through to a semi-final clash against Portugal on Wednesday. Ironically, 25 years to the day that his uncle, Porik Henny, helped Leitrim create history in Hyde Park, winning the Connacht Championship in 1994. Maybe... Niall will create his own little piece of magic that we might be talking about in 25 years' time. I caught up with Niall and asked him how he was feeling after the game. It's a massive victory for us. It's a massive victory for the squad, for uh, football in the country and for even the nation itself, you know. It's massive. I think everyone looking at the game on, on television earlier would have thought when the Czech Republic scored late on-ish in the game in the last 20 minutes that maybe... Ireland were going to like just do what Ireland do and settle and secure that draw and progress to the semi-final. But you just came out and what a goal. Yeah, listen, it would have been really easy to just pack it in and settle for the draw. But that's the thing about this team. There's We have that characteristic of never give up. We showed that there straight after the goal, going up the field and getting one ourselves. So it really stands to the team that you just have that never say die attitude. I suppose all the talk after the game was about the two suspensions for those late yellow cards. How is the mood in the camp around that? Yeah, obviously the two boys are disappointed. All we can do is give them a bit of justice and get them back for the final. So that's what we're trying to do. I love the way you're thinking. Portugal await in the next round, semi-final, later in the week. How are you fancy taking on the next generation of Cristiano Ronaldo's and Luis Figo's? Yeah, of course, there's... There's only going to be big teams left at this stage of the competition. But, um, of course, it's going to be tough. But we're here for a reason and we're going to give it a good go. In terms of your own situation, you're obviously a Sligo Rovers player. It must be nice to be rubbing shoulders with players from clubs that you've watched on television for the last 19 years of your life. Yeah, of course. uh, I think there's only four or five of us actually playing in the League of Ireland. So, um, yeah, it's good. You get to see... The boys your age playing in other countries and see what the standard is and yeah listen it's it's a bit surreal but you have to kind of get up to speed quick and get on with it in terms of leo connor's suspension for the semi-final 
might that be an opportunity for you? Hopefully so, yeah. To be fair, Lee, he's been doing absolutely excellent um, the past three games and um, everyone's heartbroken for him to be missing the next game. But uh, yeah, hopefully I'll, I'll get a few minutes. And how does it feel to be facing into a semi-final? I don't think it's quite hit home yet. I'm sure it will in the next in the next while, but yeah, it's a it's a good feeling, all right. Well, listen, Niall, the very best of luck against Portugal later in the week. It's been a whirlwind ten days for you, and I'm absolutely delighted with the way it's panned out for you. And wish you the best of luck for the rest of the competition. We'll catch up with you after the semi final. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you very much for joining us for Kiss My Arts today on Leitrim Daily. I'll be back tomorrow with a look at the Wild Rose Festival which is happening this week in Manor Hamilton. Chat to you then.